0: Hello and welcome to the Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge podcast. I'm your host, John Carlin. This is the podcast where I tell you all about the great things happening here in Virginia's Blue Ridge, places like Roanoke, Roanoke County, City of Salem, Botetourt, and Franklin counties. Virginia's Blue Ridge as a region nestled right here in the Blue Ridge Mountains. The Blue Ridge Parkway passes right through the region. So, if you want to come and play in the mountains and enjoy a a metro mountain adventure, you will find it right here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. And by the way, we are known as America's East Coast mountain biking capital. And that's just a part of the adventure you might envision for yourself, whether you live here or whether you're planning to come and visit. And I just love riding my bicycle here on the roads and mountain biking on the trails. And it's just, it's a great place to do that and do it with my whole family. So, uh, there's a lot going on there and all the information will be in the show notes and also at visitvbr.com. But today I want to talk. About a way that you can enjoy sort of a different kind of experience. This is certainly an adventure, but it's not going to make you breathe all that hard like uh, riding your mountain bike or or running on one of our local trails. Because I'll be talking with Sabrina East about her company called Jump Into Mystery, and Sabrina puts on events where you solve a murder mystery as part of a group, and and she is big time. I want to tell you that uh, this is she has got this down. Uh so think in terms of a conference or an event, maybe a hundred people are all working through clues to determine who done it, and it can last as as little as a couple hours, or it can go a whole weekend. Um and then thanks to COVID, I'll tell you she's figured out a way to do this virtually as well, so people can enjoy the game and actually be in different cities. And, and that is something that has caught on during COVID. And she's going to talk a little bit about her story about how she was doing this as a hobby and putting in, but working 40 hours a week at her regular job and then full time at this too. And right before COVID, she decided to commit herself to jump into mystery and, and she had to, she had to figure out a way to do it virtually. And so she she's going to talk about that in the interview. I'll ask her about that. Um, so she just has a really interesting story and background, and she is she's uniquely qualified for this. She's a writer. She knows a little bit about criminals. She has a degree in psychology. And so then she and her team write these original scenarios. So you're not using the same old tired scenario that maybe somebody else that a friend told you about is doing. It's always new. It's always fresh. And then they come to your group and it can be as small as a birthday party or as I said, a conference. And they get you going into this role playing, even and and I we're going to talk about. Well, you know, a lot of people don't like to do that. They don't feel comfortable getting outside their normal zone, right? Um. So a lot of people think it's not their thing. And uh, she just says people uh, are amazed at what happens when they sort of get into this with the group and so forth. And it feels very comfortable and it's not threatening. And and uh, uh, and they and they really. Uh, they really love it and she's she's much better at talking about this than I am but the bottom line is, is is that this is something that's that's caught on and uh when we talk to Sabrina we're we're talking to somebody where this the story and the concept originates and it's fresh and it's new every time and i think that's a game changer so and she's done this, um, she, she likes wineries, she's, she's a wine aficionado, so they'll go into a winery and have a closed event or a brewery or a restaurant, but then she'll, she's also working now with retirement communities, basically wherever people gather and want to do something fun and different. So Sabrina East of Jump Into Mystery is coming up on the Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge podcast. welcome back to the visit vbr podcast and joining me now is sabrina east with jump into mystery sabrina thanks for joining us here on the podcast what is jump into mystery
1: well thank you for having me uh jump into mystery is a murder mystery business where we host public and private murder mystery events they can be done live or virtual and we bring people together in a fun, unique, and interactive way. It's uh, it's a lot of fun virtually. It's a lot of fun live, um, but they they can be used in many different ways. But it's it's kind of like playing the game of Clue live action.
0: Okay, so I, I've I've heard about this. It's, it, these types of things have been around, but I've never participated in it. So I'm going to ask some really dumb questions. So. Everybody arrives, but so let's say you're not doing a virtual one. We'll talk about that because I know that you're doing that with COVID, but everybody arrives at a space and what do you tell them?
1: So they arrive at the space and they learn... A very very quick overview of what has happened. You know, they're let's say they may be at a large CSI convention, or they might be at a large uh, Comic Con group, or you know whatever whatever group they are engaging in. They learn a little bit about who they are as a character. Um, they get a packet with information that tells them who they are. And then they also learn about all the other characters that they're going to be interacting with, and so introductions are made, and the game gets started. The murder actually takes place during the event, so in the very beginning, they don't know who <laughs> who is going to die. Um, our, our victim does know that they are going to die, and they're prepared um, for that to be staged and take place. Um, and we do stage the the murder and and i say murder we we also do some non murder events for younger younger groups um churches and different school groups that that wish to do a mystery without a murder so sometimes we have you know other non murder themed things like we we could have a kidnapping of the easter bunny or santa or we might have you know a theft and art heist we've we've done all kinds of fun things
0: like that okay all right so Now, now does the person who is, let's just stay with murder for the sake of making it easy to discuss, the person who is murdered, do they know who murders them?
1: No, they do not. So the fun thing is, so our our victim does know that they are the victim and our criminal knows that they are the criminal. Um, But... The victim, once they um, once it's staged and and once everybody sees the crime scene, they actually come back to life and they can choose. And um, it's really up to them personality wise. They can either choose to play as an angel that helps everyone throughout the remainder of the game to solve things. Um, in other words, you know, they're they're playing nice. Or uh, the victim can choose to come back as a ghost and basically haunt everyone and wreak chaos for the remaining time that the game is played, and and just add a level of different confusion throughout the evening. So it's really up to them.
0: Okay, so you so you've got this group of people. So like, let's say it's a, it's at a, a comic con convention, and uh, and what would be a, like twenty people decide they want to play or. 30 or a hundred? How, I mean, how many people typically?
1: Well, I mean that, that definitely varies from group to group and venue to venue. So some of our smaller like restaurant style venues, you know, they are limited to the number of people that we can do. We can do a group as small as 15 okay, um, or as small as 12 for our virtual event. Um, but for our live events, we can actually do an event for 150, 200 people. So some of our events get very, very large. Um, when we do, we do murder mystery weekends where we do two night events at resorts such as the homestead. And when we do those, they're, they're definitely on the large end of things. We're talking well over a hundred people and, Um, two nights worth of fun. So we can, we can do small groups or large groups.
0: Wow. That's amazing how how you would manage that. So then how are the clues disseminated? So, so all of a sudden your group of people finds out that someone is dead and then they have to figure out who done (laughs) it. Yeah. So how, how are the clues disseminated? How do they, how do they, how do they track their way through this?
1: They get packets of clues throughout the game,
0: ah, so okay. it's,
1: it's played in multiple rounds, and so they get multiple packets of clues as the game progresses.
0: I see. And then, is there a winner, like the first person who figures it out, or I mean, then, then what happens?
1: So we we play all the way up until the end, and then at the very end, it's it's kind of like that final Jeopardy moment. Where everyone gets a clue card that they have to very quickly, you know, give their answers so they don't even know when it's coming, you know, when when we see that the game is is winding down and we have a set amount of time, um, we we tell everyone that we're going basically into the, the final jeopardy round and everyone gets a card. Um, with questions on it, such as, you know, there's always the question of who done it, but then we also add some bonus questions in case we have a tie, in case we have multiple winners. So we ask questions like the motive, um, you know, and, and some bonus questions like that. So it's not just figuring out who did it, but what, you know, maybe why they did it, if they had an accomplice, you know, how they did it, the murder weapon they used, different things like that that they have to figure out. And then we usually give them about a five minute uh, window to fill that out. We grab all of those up and then everyone just kind of mingles. And they they can actually chat amongst themselves as their real person. They no longer have to be (laughs) in the character. So they usually have fun with that, you know, actually mingling for, you know, the next 15 or 20 minutes while we tally up the votes. And then we come back and have an award ceremony where the criminal gets to get up and you know, explain to everyone why they did what they did. and people have a lot of a lot of fun with that. We usually have some big characters that play our victim and criminal, and so they get to, you know, kind of hash out why they did what they did. and it's it's always a lot of fun.
0: Oh, uh, that sounds so cool. Uh, and now, I bet you have gotten really good at jumping into a group of people and figuring out who are the big personalities in the room really quickly. Of course, big personalities tend to stand out as long as people are talking, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, and that's where my, my degree in psychology comes in as well. So that's, um, you know, a big part of, I think, why I'm so intrigued by, by the murder mystery business and, and what I do. So I have a, my, my degrees are in criminal justice and psychology. So it's, it's a lot of fun to, kind of, you know, put these together, but also to, uh, to see definitely who the big personalities are, who the manipulative players are, and in uh, the team building as well. That's one of the big things that we use, the team building aspect. It's a great way to maybe quiet some of the louder individuals in an office setting that usually get you know, all of the spotlight and usually get all of the attention. Their ideas get heard first. So it's it's kind of an interesting way to kind of quiet them down, but then give the other people that may be more introverted and maybe their ideas don't get heard as much, give them more of a voice. So that's what we try to do a little bit with our our team building experiences.
0: Wow, well, I'm picking through all my fellow employees at the TV station, and we don't we don't have many wallflowers there. I'll tell you that, but yeah, so that's that's interesting. So I guess you would have to just shut me down so I wouldn't be talking in all the meetings all the time. <laughs>
1: Well, no, we definitely don't shut people down. It's uh-huh. just it's kind of a way you you give them a part to where they do have to kind of take on a quieter role. And so it's it's actually a challenge for them. I've I've talked to them a lot after the team building experiences. And most of the time they really enjoy it because it's a challenge for them to take on a new role as as basically their polar opposite. So it's, yep. it's just as much fun for them. It's just a, an interesting way of spinning it sometimes.
0: So you started this back in 2018, right? And, and at the time everything was live. So, and, and you were doing it in, like you would go to a winery or a brewery you said, or maybe a, a restaurant that was closed and just use the space. How, how did that work?
1: um so yes we would definitely do them wineries breweries country clubs um and and restaurants what they would do is they would open up for a private a special event so for instance local roots rockfish some of the the restaurants that we worked with in the grandon village initially um they would close to the public on mondays so they would actually just be open to do our event and so they would have their staff um, that wanted to to come in and work the event would come in and we would have you know the open bar it would would basically just be like the restaurant was open we would have a planned dinner as part of the ticket so when people came they knew they were getting you know either a three course four course you know they, they were getting a meal served to them and they would play the game throughout the evening but it was kind of a nice way to do it privately because in so many restaurants there's not a separate space that's separate from the public. So we would do it on a night that the public wasn't in the restaurant. But it was still open to the public to buy tickets. So gotcha. it gave gotcha. their um, it gave their regulars something different, something new to do. And so instead of just coming to local roots for the Sunday family brunch, um they they could come and experience it in a totally different way same food same wonderful staff um but to get the experience of playing a, a fun and unique game
0: interesting all right we're talking with sabrina east jump into mystery is the uh is the murder mystery group that that she runs uh, business and folks can contact her and uh contact sabrina and they will come and put this together so you had sort of an interesting evolution you started out with these wineries and so forth and then people started asking for well can you do it at my house for a dinner party or can we do it at a retirement community so how did it continue to evolve for you
1: so Basically, we, we just decided that we were going to take it wherever it grew. So um, we started doing some private events, some private parties. Um, I think our very first one was kind of a wedding party that they wanted to do the rehearsal dinner, but do something really fun and unique. Um, from there, it grew into retirement communities. Um, we decided that we would take it to the retirement community, Um, Because sometimes with them, transportation, late night events like we do was was kind of an issue um, and a barrier for them. So we decided to take that to them. And um, we also started working with some of the local colleges, which was a lot of fun. Um, We've been doing a lot of virtual stuff lately with the local colleges to keep their students engaged and having a good time, but yet socially distanced. Um, so we've been doing that. We've been working with a lot of the alumni groups, um, even HOA groups that um, want to do events but haven't, you know, been able to get together in person to do their annual block party or their annual Christmas dinner. Um, and it it really has just grown. I mean, we started working with some of the local apartment complexes to do the resident night events. And um, from there, we even grew it into mystery trivia. We now do mystery trivia night, which is kind of a spinoff on the murder mysteries. But, you know, all things murder mystery, whether it's books or movies or TV shows or serial killers, we have trivia nights.
0: Um, So what would you do? Do you know a trivia question off the top of your head? I'm putting you on the spot here. I mean, what I mean? Would you ask me about like uh, something from a TV show, or I mean, yeah, how would?
1: Right. Yeah, we we might ask you. Um, we we might do um, one part of the trivia might be all quotes from you know murder mystery movies, or um, where you had to come up with the title of the movie based on the quote, or okay. it might be um, something from an Agatha Christie novel. That you had to to pull out. So just to give our 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 mystery fans something different um, and and engaging. After cool. after a few years, we wanted to to give them some different different alternative.
0: That's cool. Activities. Now how many how many scenarios do you work with? You must have a and bunch. I,
1: we are literally always writing new scenarios. So we we are constantly adding to our. I guess our library, so to speak, um we we have a lot of people that ask us for specific themes. For instance, um we 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 had a group that um in Franklin County and they wanted more of a historical uh murder mystery based on the history in Franklin County. And so we wrote Murder in Moonshine Country, um which kind of took it back <laughs> um quite a few decades and and you know we had a lot of fun with that um everybody got dressed up and and we really did have a fun event with that but we we will write um different themes for people and so we've we've had some fun with that but we're always adding new events to our library
0: oh that's cool so so you are not a part of a franchise that just comes in with a packet you you create all this stuff yourself
1: Right. We are not part of part of a franchise by any means. This this was a very small homegrown business that was actually initially just kind of a hobby. (laughs) It was a hobby business. I had a girlfriend of mine. um, You know, she had she had purchased a winery years ago and a local winery. And she was looking to, you know, come up with some unique activities um to bring new faces in the door and introduce them to her space. And so that's that's actually <laughs> kind of how it started. It was like, well, why don't we do a murder mystery event? And it it has really just grown from there. I was um I was really big into the theater and the drama department in school. And so I just always had that natural love for theater and drama and I like I said I started it as a hobby. It was um, something I, I was constantly doing with my family. Um, we would have family game nights and I'd say, Hey, let's, you know, let's put on a murder mystery. And I quickly, you know, just learned that there were other people that would be interested in that. And it was a way to turn my passion into a career.
0: Wow. So now, uh, of course, COVID has changed everything and you've had, well, here's the word everybody used, you've had to pivot, yes. right? Had yes. to pivot. <laughs> so how do you do this virtually?
1: So the, the only difference, um, you know, with this, the main difference is that people actually get all of their information ahead of time. So instead of showing up at the venue that's all set up and staged, they actually get their packet ahead of time so that they can get into character if they want to wear a costume. Um, because one thing we have figured out is that um, you kind of have to add extra levels of you know, connection and interaction. And so we figured out that costumes and props and having things on Zoom that keep people engaged versus, you know, you, you know how it goes on a Zoom call. Sometimes you kind of zone out, but if you have props in front of you and you're in costume, it's, it's a little bit easier to stay connected to the group. So we give everybody their information ahead of time so that they can get a little bit more into it and um, prepared. And then they, they log on, we send them their their Zoom link ahead of time, and they hop on right now, we're using the Zoom platform. Um, we've tested out a few things, but that's what we're using right now. And they hop on the call and basically go from there. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thing. There is a you know, we, we set the stage. We let them know exactly where they are, how they fit in. they introduce themselves to everybody and then it's still played in multiple rounds, um, where they they get clues and information as it goes along, and in the end they still have to figure out who did it, and uh, you know why they did it and so forth.
0: Wow. So uh, and so, I guess you would like maybe drop the clues in the chat. To the Zoom callers, or how would you communicate if you're I mean, if you trying to They are all verbally
1: given. So, for instance, we have a coroner that comes back, you know, kind of halfway through with a a forensic report an autopsy. You know, those types of clues are given. So instead of them getting separate individual clues um, throughout this one virtually, we have to give them the same clues um, as a group. So it is, it is a little bit different in that regards, um, with our live events, everyone is getting separate. Um, so everybody knows different information. It makes it a little bit more interesting. So that's a difference. Another difference is we, unfortunately with the virtual events, we had to take out the level of bribery. So at our live events, we also give everybody packets of fake money. So they bribe and blackmail each other throughout the entire evening and a whole nother level of the game is the competition for who ends up with the most money at the end. So there's multiple ways that they can win at our live events. It's not just, you know, <laughs> um, it's not just figuring out who did it, but there's also um, like our money bags award goes to the individual that is able to, to get the most money at the end and so forth. and. So we, we had to take those out, um, with our virtual events, but timing also some of our live events go, you know, three, three hours or more. And, um, our virtual events are only about two to two and a half hours. So, you know, we had to take out some of the levels so that people didn't get bored on a zoom, zoom call for three or four hours. That could be brutal. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I, um, if you can keep somebody's attention on a zoom call for two hours, you have, I think you've really accomplished something.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's funny by by the end of it, um, two two and a half hours. Sometimes I'm getting extremely tired, and everybody else is still having a blast and and playing. And I I just let them keep going. I mean if they're if they're still really engaged and having a good time, we we keep the game going. But um, usually our virtual event ended about the two and a half hour mark but they're smaller as well. So, I mean, that's kind of another, we can't do with our virtual event any more than 25 people. So we have two hosts that are on every single call. It's always myself. And then I have another host that's on there with me leading and guiding everything. And so we, we can do 23 people because I like to keep it all on one screen. There's nothing more annoying than having to toggle between two screens (laughs) During a Zoom call, so we, we limit true. our virtual events for for timeliness as well as convenience.
0: I'm I'm curious: is are there introverts who just don't want to do this?
1: There are. Um, usually, with our live events, it's either the the husband or the wife. Um, one really wants to come and kind of drags the other along. I actually had a gentleman ask me if I could make him the victim and just put him in the corner dead, and he would play dead for the entire game. Um, That's how much he didn't want to be there. But by the end of it, he came up to me and told me, you know, he had a completely different opinion of everything. And um, he he actually, I gave him a part, and I I told him, you can make it as, as big or small as you want. Um, you know if, if you want to sit at the table the entire time and not talk to anyone that's okay and um, within about 30 minutes i think he was intrigued enough that he had started moving around and, and asking questions and so the way that we write our events they're they're prompted i guess is the, the best terminology terminology to use so for our extroverts that just automatically feel comfortable getting up talking to people asking questions they can just you know, fly by the seat of their pants and have fun with it. But for our introverts, the prompts are there if they want to use them. So it might prompt them to say, you know, a character that you might want to engage with and work with, um, they would be a very good ally to make is so-and-so. And And you might want to engage with them and talk to them about X, Y, and Z. So it, it prompts them to have something to get up and go say and something to talk to that person about break the ice, so to speak. And um, I, I have been told we we did a lot of customer research and and surveys in the beginning, and and our feedback was across the board that the introverts liked having those prompts in case they just didn't know what to do, or maybe maybe they're an extrovert, but it's the first time they've ever been in this type of environment, and they're just, you know, they just don't know what to do. So it's, it's uh-huh. a good way for introverts and extroverts to at least get started. And then once they get started, they, they usually have a blast with it.
0: That's interesting. Now, um, so how often are you doing this here in COVID times?
1: So we are right now, we are doing um, one to two public events um, a month that are planned. Now, I will say our last couple months, we had event sell out and we had to add extra play dates. So like our new year's Eve event sold out in three days. And so we added a new year's day event and then that sold out. So we added a new year's day night event. Um, so we, same thing with our snowed in, we, we did a snowed in murder mystery um, and that one sold out. So then we added another event um, the following weekend for our wait list that still wanted to play. So we're, we're planning one murder mystery event a month and one mystery trivia night a month, and then just adding dates if need be. Um, but then we're also still doing all of the private virtual events for families and groups and team building events and that sort of thing.
0: Wow, that's cool. How are people finding you?
1: Um, on social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and then just through our website, we have it set up that if they, you know, have a request to do um, a private event, they can contact us through the website. But um, Google, um, we're we're getting customers through um, the Google page as well. But yeah, mainly mainly social media and our website.
0: That's interesting. I, I mean, because. Again, I've never done this, so I'm thinking, all right, well, New Year's Eve, I'm not automatically going to think, I think I'll Google how I can be part of a murder mystery on New Year's Eve, or it's snowing. I think I'll I'll be part of a murder mystery group. So you must have something out there prompting people to find this, whether it's word of mouth or whatever it is.
1: The the word of mouth is wonderful. I will say that 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 is how a lot of our events get booked. Um, You know, people will come to a private event. I'm sorry. Will come to a public event and enjoy it, and then ask about booking a private event. Where then they come to someone's private event as a family member, and they say, "This is great. I'd love to play again." They follow us on Facebook, and then you know, end up becoming one of our followers and coming to a lot of our our public events as well. And with the live events, um, you know, it's it's actually kind of a very different route. Um, that we have developed most of the time with our, our live public events, um, it's it's patrons of the establishment that, you know, are looking for something fun and unique to do. So it might be people that patronize Bellevue Winery, for instance. That's, that's one of the wineries we do events at. And, you know, they may come up every other Saturday afternoon and do a wine tasting. But, you know, we put up flyers, we put up stuff on, you know, their bulletin board there. And so they, they happen to see, Oh, and you know, four weeks they're doing a murder mystery. Let's, let's come check that out. So it's also kind of fun for the patrons. We, we usually do kind of co-advertising. We advertise to our email list and they do as well. So it's it's also kind of a unique way for them to give their, their ongoing customers, something different.
0: Yeah. And of course we'll have all the contact information for for you in the show notes with this podcast, and and I'm sure you have a lot of information on the Visit VBR website as well.
1: We do. We put all yeah. of our events on the calendar, and um, yes, we we have had quite a few people say that they found us through the online calendar right. as well. So that's that's a wonderful way to to find what's going on on the weekends.
0: Now you talked about public events as well as private events. So I would guess a private event would be anytime when you were booked and brought in, but how, how does a a public event work? Are, are these where, where strangers are talking to one another and you've just set this up and people sort of enter and participate?
1: Absolutely. So all of our public events are open um, to anyone. So I will say, you know, some people come in groups, um, some people might book you know, an eight-person table um, to to bring eight people to the event, um, but then other people come by themselves. It's a fun way to meet people. I mean, our tagline is the meet mingle party game, so it's it's actually a really cool way for people to engage. People that um, you know have never met before become friends and then start to come to the events together. I always find that really cool and interesting when they've met at one of our events um we actually had a couple I, this is one of my favorite stories ever we had a couple that um joined us from las vegas um on one of our public virtual events and they had just met on one of the dating websites but weren't ready to meet in in person um, due to the the COVID lockdown. So they had met and been talking online and they actually decided to do this event as their first date. So they came and used this as it was one of our public virtual murder mysteries as their first date. And um, now seven, eight months later, they are still coming to our events as... Um, a new couple. They, they have since met in person. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they,
0: were, they were meeting the other person and the other person was in character, right?
1: Yep, exactly. It's,
0: well, I guess was, that gives you like a little, a little shield if you want while you're trying to figure out if this is something that's real or not. Right
1: you know, the funny thing I I hear is that people say, you know, they've known people in person. They've actually friends, family, they've known them for for 10 years and that these murder mystery events bring out a whole different side of people. So, you know, I mean, I literally had had a husband whose wife played the criminal and they, and she kept it from him for, for almost a month leading up to the event that she was going to be the killer and the criminal. And, you know, he was very disturbed by that. He said he was going to have to sleep with one eye open for the rest of the.
0: <laughs> that is fun. Yeah.
1: That's so, fun. I mean, it, it really it it does bring out a, a different side of people, you know, some sometimes sides you may not have seen. So for new couples, that might be interesting to, to kind of see a different different side to see how well they lie or how poorly they lie. That's yeah. that's
0: interesting. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to find out that somebody close to me was a really good liar. <laughs>
1: well
0: yeah you probably, never know. You never know. You never right? know. Yeah. All right. So um I think we've pro- probably walked people through this. Is there anything else that you want to uh, want to talk about uh, any events coming up or anything that people could participate in? We're recording this, by the way, because folks may listen to this months from now. We're recording uh, in February of 2021. But is there anything that's immediate or interesting that's that's coming up you want to talk about?
1: Um, So for public events, um, we do have we have a Valentine event coming up, My Bloody Valentine on the 13th at 8 p.m. And then we have our monthly mysteria trivia night coming up on February the 27th. That will also be at 8 p.m. And we will have our St. Patrick's Day virtual murder mystery. All of these are virtual still right now. Um, and open to the public. Our St. Patrick's Day mystery will be coming up on March 13th. But um, I would just encourage people to reach out if they have a private group of friends or family members that they would love to get together, um, any companies that need team building or you know, just a social event or a client appreciation event, colleges, that are looking to keep their students engaged but virtual right now, um, retirement communities, alumni groups, any any group that is just looking to get together and have a little bit of fun right now.
0: Oh, that's awesome! That I mean, this this sounds really intriguing, and and of course, virtually people don't even need to be in the Blue Ridge region to do this. They can they can participate from anywhere. Uh, but then, uh, if folks are visiting or live here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. Then, uh, th- this is something to look for, and maybe a way to liven up a dinner party or you know whatever event you neighborhood event, like you said, whatever's going on.
1: And and for the team building, um, one thing that's been really cool is I worked with some companies pre-COVID that were doing live team building events, and and really loved the events, but had asked me if there was a way, you know, if if I had people, let's say they had an office in Richmond or an office in, you know, Austin, Texas, if there was a way for, you know, they, they asked me basically, is it a franchise? Do you have people there that could do these same events? And unfortunately for a long time, I had to say, no, Um, you know, I, I don't have people in other cities. It's just me. But now that we have grown, I'm I'm able to say we have this virtual platform. And so we can definitely connect groups of employees. Let's say maybe the regional director that's in the Richmond office and an HR group that's in, you know, Dallas, Texas. And we're able to connect those groups to do a live event virtually. And they'd never had that ability to do that before. They had always just kind of done, you know, conference calls. Or, you know, kind of dry, stale team building activities, but had never had the ability to do something really fun like that, but to to bring together multiple teams from different areas.
0: Yeah, I think this is fun. This is like the mental version of the ropes course. You know, you take your whole company out and everybody has to help everybody get through the ropes and obstacles. And and so that's the physical side. This is the mental side of that, right?
1: Exactly. Yes. And we can definitely, you know, we tweak it based on what the company wants. So if they want groups of two or groups of three or groups of four working together, um, you know, and then we can throw them into breakout rooms to kind of study and put together material and, you know, work together as teams. So that is that is something that we really like that we can utilize on the Zoom platform is that we're able to, you know, design it according to what the company wants.
0: So really, I I feel like after COVID, you're going to come out ahead of where you were because you'll have the virtual side in addition to what you were already doing.
1: Absolutely. Um, it, it was very terrifying in the beginning um, because in February, I actually, pre-COVID in February, I left a 20-year career <laughs> in social work to make this business my full time. My full time livelihood. I had done it as a hobby business for years, and it had grown to the point I, I was working forty hours a week at my full time job and forty hours a week trying to keep this going. And so, after a couple years of working, you know, eighty to hundred hours a week, I, I basically in February—well, I, I made the decision in December—and I worked out a sixty day notice. I left. Um, I left my twenty year career the last day of February. And had six months of live events booked solid. And in March, COVID hit. Or, you know, the, the seriousness, um, I guess, settled in right, with the right. community of what was going to lie ahead. And I had event after event cancel. And after all six months worth of events had canceled, I decided that um, I wasn't going to go backwards. I was going to figure out a way. Um, to pivot and and make this work and and my first thought was all of those people that had asked me to connect teams across the country and I knew that that was an angle I needed to go at and so i I chased it chased the dream and and it it actually worked so yes for me the first couple months were very very scary not knowing whether we would be able to to pivot and make it work but it it really, it really has helped me to grow the business and I'm, I'm excited to see what lies ahead when live events do come back.
0: Yeah. You're going to need to hire a whole staff, Sabrina. <laughs> you... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let's, let's mm. hope so that, that mm. would be, that would be absolutely wonderful. I'm, I'm very excited to see what, what will be coming. Um, And I've also branched out and I'm, I'm doing a lot of um, event planning and event coordination as well. So I've, I've, Taken some classes and you know been doing that on the side as well to help grow the business in a, in a different way. I mean, you always need those event coordination skills when you're doing these large scale events, um, but also just to do some party planning on the side. So I've I've been doing that. as kind of an added layer and developing other fun games other than trivia. Um, we now have an escape room. that we will be launching it was actually supposed to be launched in january um, of this year but um i'm sorry it was supposed to be launched in february of this year but due to covid they pushed it back a month and then another month and and we have not been able to to actually launch it yet but it's tabletop escape rooms
0: that sounds like such a natural fit for you guys
1: it it is a lot of fun table tabletop escape rooms um that we will be bringing to we we've already got some local breweries here in the area that are that are gonna be working with us um to launch those events very soon so we have lots of fun stuff in store for twenty twenty one
0: I love your entrepreneurial spirit it's just it's great it's great to see it and great to see that it's working for you.
1: thank you yes yeah. this uh you have to you have to see the positive in in what is going on right now i mean you you can either get bogged down in all the negative or i mean i, I had to look at it as a time to just keep keep writing keep adding to our, our library of of events and things that we could utilize in the future and just keep keep building so I'm I'm working with a lady who's she is doing all of the writing for us right now and we're we're really just adding adding daily to the library of events so that we are ready because I have a feeling when things go back to live events being opened up we are we are going to be booked so we want to be ready have all the behind the scenes stuff already done and taken care of
0: all right that sounds great Sabrina East jump into mystery Thank you so much for joining me here on the Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: So thanks to Sabrina East, I get the feeling that she really is just beginning to realize the potential of what Jump Into Mystery can become. Uh, I, I just feel so much positive energy there, uh, to the cause, to the, the commitment, and the enjoyment that she gets from what she is doing, and and I will tell you, it is um, it's surprisingly affordable. I don't want to get into pricing too much, because uh, who knows? You could be listening to this two or three years from now, and 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 so whatever number I might throw out there may not may not be. Uh, the number that you get when you look at it um, because I do expect this to be more popular. Maybe the prices will go up. But anyway, right now, it's what she told me about the pricing, it's surprisingly affordable. So if you want to do it for your birthday party, it's it's totally doable, okay? Um, but if you also want to do it for a conference that's totally doable. You're coming into the hotel Roanoke or one of our other uh, hotels. Even she mentioned uh, the Homestead Resort up in Bath County. Um, so she's doing she's doing that this kind of stuff at all those kinds of places as well. So if you're looking something for something for your attendees to do that they're going to love, uh, I would think that this would be certainly something you would consider. So um, and then of course um, she had quit her job. You heard her say. Uh, and then she was booked out for six months and then COVID hits and now she's found a way to do this virtually. And who knows where all of this is, is going to go for Sabrina once the, uh, the shots come through and everybody's been vaccinated and, and we can start to return to something that resembles the life. We knew before COVID, but uh, we really wish Sabrina all the luck. And and I hope this is something that, you know, of course, all the information will be in the show notes, something that that maybe you're interested in. A um, couple of other notes about Virginia's Blue Ridge. Uh, I talked about a Metro Mountain mix, Metro Mountain Adventure. So think of uh, our little region as a mountain getaway, an outdoor playground where we've got the hiking, the bicycling, fishing, kayaking, uh, you know, all the things that you might want to do for a mountain getaway. Uh, camping, you can stay in a yurt, an explore park, you name it. And, and so this is a place to come and play. Uh, the Roanoke River comes right through our region. It's great for tubing, kayaking. Uh, the fishing is pretty good at times, even trout fishing uh, in the colder months. And But as I speak right now, the Roanoke River is listed in the top three urban rivers for kayaking in the United States and USA today. So uh, this is something that is evolving and uh, people are just kind of learning how to use the Roanoke River but I've kayaked on it I've canoed on it and it's great it's really really beautiful uh so it's something to think about uh and it goes all the way to Smith Mountain Lake depending upon where you put your uh, your boat in the water so and then right next to the river we have the Roanoke River Greenway uh it's great for running biking dog walking very flat very pretty uh, goes through a number of parks, playgrounds, picnic shelters, all that kind of thing. And then right off the Blue Ridge Parkway, we have Explore Park and they have zip lining and other stuff associated with treetop quests. So there's a sort of the rope courses that you, you might be familiar with. And that's everything from kids to adults there. And that has been hugely popular and relatively new. It's only a couple of years old. And then there's mountain bike trails at Explore Park and there's cabins, yurts, um, and, and, and Explore Park is still growing and who knows. What all will happen at Explore Park? And then, so the Metro Mountain Adventure, the Metro part is the restaurants and the museums and all the great things that a, that a small, inviting city has to offer. And Roanoke is the, basically the capital of the western half of the state of Virginia. So we're a cultural center here and we have, you know, the, the Taubman Museum of Art is, I mean, this is high-end stuff that people travel to see. So, you can, can go play all day outside and then come in and have a nice, nice experience, uh, in our city atmosphere. Uh, so the Taubman Museum of Art, the O. Winston Link Museum, the Transportation Museum of Virginia, uh, the Center in the Square is a building right in the middle of downtown adjacent to the Farmer's Market. And there we've got the Pinball Museum. The Science Museum of Western Virginia, there's a place called Kids Square where you can take the kids in and they can play and there's all kinds of activities. And We'll be doing a podcast just on Kids Square, but we're kind of waiting for, for COVID to pass. And then uh, in the atrium center in the square, uh, I can tell you that I'm heavily involved with the aquariums there. Uh, featuring an 8,000 gallon living reef system full of fish that you might know as Nemo and Dory if you've watched some of the, the Disney movies. But there's also an aquarium with turtles. There's jellyfish. There's a display of discus fish from the Amazon River. So uh, that's all, and that's free. And that's in the atrium at center in the square. So that's just something else that you can do. And we feature brew pubs shopping on the downtown market i mentioned the restaurants we have lots of sports tournaments so if you're coming here to play softball volleyball soccer basketball in our gyms and on our fields uh, you may be looking for something to do so i'm kind of giving you some ideas but uh, that's another th- you don't have to be in a kayak to have an adventure certainly soccer and uh well you know my my kids all uh traveled with soccer and played in high school and so forth and uh, so, you know, we know what that's all about. Same thing for basketball. And, and so we have, we host a lot of sports events here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. And if you're looking for the ultimate guide to what's going on here, there is visitvbr.com, the website, and that is constantly being populated with new stuff and maps, blogs, hikes, lists of the restaurants, the Cheers Trail. I mentioned uh, breweries, but of course we have wineries. We actually have some distilleries in the region. Um, so, uh, the Cheers Trail is a big thing. So it's all on the Visit VBR website and a complete list of places to stay, whether you're looking for something like the spa treatment at the Grand Old Lady, the Hotel Roanoke, or maybe a quaint option like the Claiborne House B&B down in Rocky Mountain. And there's other, there's other B&Bs in the region as well, but that I mentioned that one because they've been here. On the visit vbr podcast and that's that's something to consider so anyway no matter what you're looking for it's there on the vbr website if you come here and you do something uh we would love it if you would take a picture and post it on social media and with the hashtag trail setter hashtag trail setter all one word post your picture with that hashtag and and just let Let us know and let other people know that you're out here having fun in Virginia's Blue Ridge. So thanks again to Sabrina East today for coming on talking about her business, Jump into Mystery. And I hope you get a chance to get out there and, and solve one of Sabrina's mysteries. They're, they're all original and they're all fun. And, uh, again, doesn't matter if you're doing it virtually or in person or with a hundred people or with 12 people at a dinner party. Uh, she will make it work. We'll have another podcast coming out soon, and I hope to see you here in Virginia's Blue Ridge.